Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nethling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to bring topics and guests that will empower you to become that confident leader and take your business and your life to the next level. Today, I am so excited to talk to some uh, a person who I've not ever yet had an influencer on my show. And so I'm very much in looking forward to talking to Audrey Doddleson. And let me talk, tell you about Audrey's background. She is based in New York City, of course. <laughs> and that is... Um, we're the influencer uh, capital of the world, I think, but she is the influential founder uh, and CEO of the Doyen, Doyen C and am I saying that right? Doyen? The Doyen, yeah. Doyen Agency. She's a seasoned marketing veteran with an MBA under her belt. She specializes in the realms of influencer marketing and user-generated content. Throughout her career, she has adeptly guided brands through the digital landscape, leveraging innovative strategies to enhance their online presence. We all want to do that. Audrey's experience, her expertise, her vision, and strategic acumen make her a notable force in today's fast-paced e-commerce world. Of course, my theme today is going to be influencer marketing and UGC. Again, UGC stands for user-generated content. Please join me in welcoming my guest, Audrey Donaldson. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. You know, when I I was still working at the corporate life and uh, had started a second side gig, um, the New York company, which I still do, I love. And it, one of my partner's daughters, not daughter, but daughters, both mm-hmm. are in New York and are influencers. And it intrigued me so much of how these girls were making a living mm-hmm. being influencers. And for me, I call myself more of a connector that I'm trying yes. to connect people r- with the right people to help them grow. Yep. But um, definitely there is that influencer potential out there. So absolutely. Tell us, tell us first the easy question. I ask everyone, if you've watched the podcast before, you know what's coming. Where do you live now in New York? New York, are you in Manhattan? Are you in Brooklyn? Where are you? Yes, I'm in Brooklyn um, in a borough called Williamsburg. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, New York's the best, greatest city in the world. Yeah, it is too fun, <laughs> too fun. So um, how did you get started in this entrepreneur journey of yours? Absolutely. Um, I come from 
I realized a couple years ago, I come from a long line of entrepreneurs. So oh. I kind of like to say that it's in my blood. But a couple years ago during COVID, I had been working in marketing for a couple years and I thought I was going to lose my job. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like many other people, I started a business doing what I know, which is digital marketing. And that was three years ago now. It's had a ton of iterations from paid ads to social media management to email marketing, pretty much anything you could possibly think of on the digital landscape. Um, and then we, I landed on influencer marketing and realized that I was good at it and it was very entertaining for me. So now we're here. Yeah. As I was checking out your different social media and different things, I saw, yeah, she is definitely having fun doing this. (laughs) (laughs) We do. We do have a lot of fun. That's for sure. So what are the social media platforms helping brands to connect with Gen Z's? Yeah, absolutely. So Gen Z is a lot trickier than the millennials that that we're seeing. And so TikTok has been huge in connecting with the Gen Z audience because TikTok is so quote unquote relatable. It feels more real and raw um, as opposed to like a super um, curated feed on Instagram. But also we're finding that YouTube is really good for YouTube shorts to Um, connect either long form or short form with a Gen Z audience. We're seeing that a lot of people are going back to watching law informed content on YouTube. Yeah. I was going to say with TikTok, you know, it seems so ideal because the content is short and, and, you know, the attention span is, especially I think after COVID it's even got worse than it was. But um, I know from the, the rise of like my, even my podcast, Mm -hmm. the people um, are okay with 30 minutes of if it's content that's educating yep. inform and helping you mm-hmm. um I try not or, to do yeah. more than 30 minutes though. yeah yeah 30 minutes is a good sweet spot um like you said if it's either educational or entertaining um or something that engages people for 15 20 30 minutes then yeah absolutely YouTube is killing it yeah and I think so it, it really is a tool in a lot of cases, you know, my husband's in his seventies mm-hmm. and he uses it to fix cars and uh, yep. solve, you know, yep. mechanical problems or household problems. So yep. it's really a teaching element that I think um, we didn't anticipate whenever it first came out. Absolutely. And because it's owned by Google, it has that instinctive built-in search engine that Instagram or TikTok doesn't really have. So you can, like you said, you can look up anything and search it like you would on Google and find very detailed tutorials um, like you wouldn't find on TikTok or Instagram. Right. Yeah. And again, a lot of times it's it's helpful because as opposed to me calling, you know, Joe next door and saying, Hey, how do I fix this? And describe something that I have no idea. I can rewatch yep. that video to like, it sinks in my brain. Oh, that's what I'm supposed to Absolutely. do. Absolutely. And you feel like you're getting an expert opinion. Yeah. So you're leveraging someone else's 10,000 hours versus your next door neighbor who may or may not know what they're talking about. So, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So what can brands do to stay culturally relevant um, to be able to target the right audience um, when we constantly 
the landscape is changing constantly, even faster than whenever, you know, I was um, going through all of this. Absolutely. So culturally relevant is always, I feel like going to be challenging because it's always changing. Um, Right now we're seeing a lot of brands or brands that are trying to stay on top of the ball of being culturally relevant is hiring in-house content creators. So someone on your team, not just your social media manager, but someone on your team to come to the offices, come to um, your storefront and create content to three days a week. And that person is also skilled at editing content, understanding mm. trends, understanding who your target audience is. Um, and they can start off as part-time. They don't really need to be in there like a full-time employee, but right. to really stay on top of what is relevancy and what is expected for the content creation machine that is social media these days, you really need someone that that's their only job to produce that much content because to be able to reach your audience or your target customer at an impactful level, you have to be putting out dozens of pieces of content a week, dozens. And it's just not feasible unless you have someone dedicated to do it. And and when we talk about culture, you know, there's, there's the culture of your corporation, your business, but also... Mm-hmm. The, the internet ha- and um, where we are today is the world is your oyster, really. Exactly. And and so what might appeal to one audience in one way, even if it is your target, yeah. but somebody in Asia maybe needed to be, the content may need to be different. So is it, how do you find those experts? Should you have different ones for the different geos or... Yeah, I think that's a great, I think that's a great question. I think you really need to hone in on what types of content you're wanting to translate or wanting to make sure it hits another market as impactful as it would in the U S or Canada. Um, for example, a lot of YouTube creators will translate their videos Um, that they post on YouTube into other languages, but that's specifically for YouTube content, right? They're not repurposing Mm -hmm. um, those pieces of content across their social media. It's just strictly staying on YouTube. So I think when it comes to that, you can absolutely have different channels, different streams of your content in targeted at multiple different regions, Mm -hmm. but you would need to make sure that it's relevant to the platform or media that you're targeting so as a content generator or a influencer Mm -hmm. would it would you recommend or suggest that it would be helpful for you to be aware almost uh, be schooled a little bit in the differences between what the needs and wants are of those different cultures that the different markets Sure, absolutely. I but I would recommend getting amazing at the one market before you try to diversify yeah. to four other ones, five other ones, <laughs> all of them. Um once you kill it at this one at like your number one target audience, then yes, absolutely. Then we can go into um creating content that translates or speaks to other demographics or parts of the world. But I think until you really hone in and capitalize and um, make sure that you're speaking directly to your target audience in one region, I wouldn't spend any money trying to multiply. Good good advice. Yeah. 
So we talked a little bit about um, influence marketing. How, do you, can you tell us a little bit of the history of it, how it got started um, and how it really grew uh, to the to, to the point where you actually have entrepreneurs making money doing this? Sure. I mean, I think the the term influencer marketing is obviously newer, um, but I think it's it's been around for <laughs> decades. It's yeah. just shifted into who is influencing us, right? So previously to social media influencers, it was professional athletes, celebrities. They were the influencers. We'd read about them in magazines. Um, and then now with the influence or with the um, existence of social media, that influence has shifted into everyday people, your next door neighbors. And so influencer marketing has always been around, but it's just shifted and it will continue to shift as our society ages and grows and shifts into what captures our attention, but it's always been around. Mm -hmm. Um, and entrepreneurs are now making money from influencer in the same way that they used to. Right. So, um, athlete agents or agents for movie stars we're always managing their client relationships, always managing their paid opportunities. And so now with everyday influencers being influential and they have more people to manage those opportunities. Also brands have, it's just way easier to connect with, mm -hmm. um, with the everyday person and there's right. more influencers in the world now. So brand, they're more accessible. Brands have more access to, quote unquote, influential people. Um, and so with the expansion of the market, it just include, it just grows to include more and more people either on the agent side or on the brand side, um, as well as just content creators in general. Yeah. And I, and I think it just really organically evolved too, because yep. as, as a mom, as a, you know, a, a businesswoman, there are products and services that I use that I love and I al always talked about mm -hmm. and it was like, well, but I'm not getting any paid. <laughs> I'm not yeah. getting paid for it. But I think it kind of goes back to this whole really no like and trust piece. Absolutely. And, and so now I'm, I, I'm more apt to trust the everyday person than Absolutely. maybe that athlete that's just doing it because they don't even like the product, but they're making the yeah. money for it, right? Yeah. And we see this already, the shift happening from straight influencers. So we see, we see this shift in the, um, in the market already, right? So like mm -hmm. influencers with over a million followers, we're finding that they're not as impactful. They're not yeah. as converting. They're not as relatable. They're not as much. Um, we're not as trusting of their opinion as we once were several years ago, because it just feels like they're getting paid to push a product versus if the people that have 5,000 followers or less, it's like, wow, you genuinely really like what you're talking about right now. It must be amazing. So yeah. we're already seeing that shift of, mm. okay, non-professional or professional athletes to a million a million followers to now 5,000 followers. Yeah. And so what do you think the future is for influential marketing? Do you see any more shifts or is it just going to continue to grow as it has been in the last maybe three, five years? 
I think it absolutely is going to continue to grow. Um, but like anything, it's going to change. Um, my opinion is that we still will continue to see um, micro creators is what we call them or nano creators influence, um, influencing customers. But also I have a, I believe that the industry is going to head towards niche communities. Mm. So you'll have these closed groups of people that are, and the groups are about one topic or one specific interest or one hobby or whatever it is. And brands will then leverage those communities or groups to get to reach their customers. Yeah. So it's, instead of, it's going to be like celebrating individuals, you're going to be celebrating or looking to people that are on the same journey with you in this closed environment. Yeah. I think what we're seeing in the entrepreneur world is that that need and the desire to be successful, you really have to create that community. Absolutely. Absolutely. And everybody wants to feel a part of something. Everybody mm -hmm. wants to feel seen and understood and heard and related to. And I think the more that the big influencers currently um, become oversaturated mm -hmm. and less believable um, in terms of like selling product, people are going to mm -hmm. really want to find their group of people that they truly authentically relate to. And and I think we touched on this, but what is the difference between an influencer and a, and the user generated content person? Absolutely. So, an influencer is someone that has influence meaning that they generally have a large following of people who follow them for any any reason that you can think of. Um, so Kim Kardashian is probably like the biggest influencer in the world. Mm -hmm. um, and then a user, UGC creator, user-generated content creator is someone just like you or me who is good at making content, either organic content to be used on social or paid ads for mm -hmm. brands. So like if you're scrolling on Instagram and you go to a brand page and you see just a ton of people using the product, generally they're not really influencers, they're user-generated content creators. And it's just to give you that related, relatable mm -hmm. feeling, that um, social proof that a lot of these brands are mm -hmm. looking for. Yeah, I know with my anti-aging and wellness products, I do before and after pictures because yep. it's just having that social proof that, Absolutely. you know, uh, this, I, I could tell you all day it works, but here's examples, of yep. it, you know, yep. all right. So rapid fire time. So this <laughs> is uh, just uh, briefly, how do you become a content marketing expert in today's world? I'm a content marketing expert making content and understanding and failing and getting better at it and <laughs> tweaking it and understanding the alg and trying to understand their algorithms it's really just making it I could sit here and give you a powerpoint all day long on about what I think is good but until you go out and actually try to edit videos that's it's just yeah. not going to click yeah. and and I think it is it was a good point in it is that trial and error testing yep. the market testing the market testing the market yep and so um do you think women in business have an edge over the male influencers and why? 
that's that's a very layered question i'm always going to say yes um <laughs> i think women um have in content and influencing in anything um i think women will always have an edge or should have an edge um in content i don't know it's probably pretty flat um but yes i think i'm always going to side on the women having yeah. edge I'd really think the fact that, you know, we have our, use our fem, feminine energy that more of yeah. the EQ and the empathy, I've been Absolutely. There, done that, wear the t-shirt, it, it just makes you more credible, I think, a lot of times, whereas men might stick to the facts and the boring figures and not necessarily touch your heart. Yeah, I mean, you're going to get, you're going to get men and women on both sides who are capable of like connecting with mm -hmm. your audience their audience that's why they have I mean men have just as many followers on social media as women do but yeah I mean generally women have a um larger capacity for empathy and emotional connection um but there's also just so many female influencers and not that many male influencers so I think that I think it is a little double-edged sword, right? Like mm -hmm. it's a, it's a profession that a lot of women go into versus right. men wanting to be fashion influencers. Right. Very true. So what's next for you, Miss Audrey? Absolutely. Um, we, uh, what is next? I don't even know. <laughs> um, <laughs> we just launched a, like a community, like I was talking about called awesome. the collective for um, content creators. So it's a close community for content creators to learn, hone their craft, but also have a safe space to meet other content creators. Um, we have events and um, it's also just, yeah, it's just a fun place to hang out. It's like a digital little clubhouse. So good, we just good. launched that last week and that's what we're doing. Oh, well, congratulations. Thank that's you. Excellent. That's excellent. Thank you. So you need to make sure you send me that information so that I can... Um... I will put Absolutely. it out there for the content creators to, to see if they can join. Well, Audrey, it has been wonderful talking to you. I um, just love what you're doing. And I, as I said, you're the first influencer that I've had. <laughs> um, love to have you back to see how your community is doing in a few months to um, be able to share what you've learned by expanding this, maybe give some tips on those content generating absolutely <laughs> secrets that uh, we all need to know <laughs> absolutely and as always I remind everyone that life is a journey and it's up to you to enjoy the ride this is Vicki Nettling signing off thank you for tuning into the find your leadership confidence podcast with Vicki Nettling where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.